Yeah, welcome to episode three of the Malleable Mind podcast. My name is Hayden, and uh, you know me. If you this is your first time listening, if you know don't if you don't even want to bother with episode one and two, um, welcome. Uh, the goal for this podcast is to spark questions, conversations, and fun discussions, talks, etc., etc., with the listeners, and see where it goes from there. Um, as of right now, I try and make a daily episode or two every day. Um, I would love for you, if you're interested, to email me any recommendations or topic ideas or, you know, anything and everything for the podcast at malleablemind11 at gmail.com. Again, that's malleablemind11 at gmail.com. And my goal eventually would be to pick out some questions or situations or scenarios or topic ideas or whatnot from, you know, whoever's listening and be able to have the podcast build off of that kind of stuff. Um, last episode, we talked about perspective and perception and how you narrate your story, your life, your experience, your whatever you want to call it, you know, to yourself, how you're interpreting that, how that has an effect on, you know, maybe your future or your happiness or, you know, it's so individualized, it's tough to just sum it up uh, in a couple words, but I think that kind of does it justice. Uh, today's episode is going to be um, a little different compared to the first two. Uh, today I have a clip of Alan Watts and Terrence McKenna that I uh, watched earlier today, and I think it goes pretty well with our last episode talking about perception, perspective, and this one I want to focus more on uh, taking charge of um, your life, your mind, uh, your thinking, um, be the captain of your own ship. Uh, I think a lot of people just are more of a sailor on some sort of other ship uh, in some way, shape, or form. And so I think these two clips, the first one will be uh, from Alan Watts. It'll be about five minutes. And then uh, Terrence McKenna will follow, and it's about two or three minutes. And um, they talk about uh, individual individual authority, and uh, they shed a lot, some light on, I think, some some good basic truth and just different perspectives from maybe how I had originally thought about things. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, play those clips now. I'll be back after they're finished to talk about some of the notes that I have and what I think some of the highlights of their discussions were. Um, so yeah, please enjoy. Here they are. When you see, in other words, that doing something about your situation is not going to help you. When you see equally that trying not to do anything about it is not going to help you. Where are you? Where do you stand? You're nonplussed. And you are simply reduced to watching. Now you may say, I need some help in this process. And therefore, I am going to find someone else to help me. 
It may be a therapist. It may be a clergyman. It may be a guru. It may be any kind of person who teaches a technique of self-improvement. Now, how will you know whether this person is able to teach you? How can you judge, for example, whether a psychotherapist is effective or just a charlatan? How can you judge whether a guru is himself spiritually wise or merely a good chatterbox? Well, of course, you ask your friends, you ask his other students or patients, and they're all, of course, enthusiastic. You have to be enthusiastic when you've bought something expensive. If you bought an automobile, which turned out to be a lemon, it's very difficult to admit that it was a lemon and that you were fooled. And it's the same when you buy a religion or an expensive operation. But what people do not sufficiently realize is that when you pick an authority, whether it's a psychotherapeutic one or a religious one, you chose it. In other words, that this fellow or this book or this system is the right one is your opinion. And how are you competent to judge? After all, if you're saying to this other person or other source, I think you are the authority, that's your opinion. So you cannot really judge whether an authority is a sound authority unless you yourself are a sound authority. Otherwise you may just be being fooled. You may say, for example, I believe that the Bible is the word of God. All right, that's your opinion. I know the Bible says it's the word of God, but it's your opinion that the Bible is not lying. The church says the Bible is the word of God, but it's your opinion that the church is right. You cannot escape from that situation. It's your opinion. So you see, when you select an authority who will help you to improve yourself, it's like hiring the police out of your tax money and putting them in charge of seeing that you obey the law. I mean, can't you take care of yourselves? I mean, is this the land of the free and the home of the brave, or isn't it? But you see, nobody seems to want to be in charge of themselves because they feel they can't do it. As St. Paul said, to will is present with me. But how to do good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not, and the evil that I would not, that I do. <laughs> so, there at once, we, we are in difficulty. Because trying to improve yourself is like trying to lift yourself up into the air by tugging at your own bootstraps. And it can't be done. Now, there are all sorts of ways in which religious people try to explain that it can be done. I referred already to the grace of God. They say, no, you can't do the job yourself. 
because the improving you is the one that needs to be improved. Therefore, you have to say, God help me. Now, of course, that God exists is your opinion. That God will answer your prayer is your opinion. And your idea of God is your idea of God. If you bought somebody else's script, you bought it. Maybe your mother and father talked to you about God in a very impressive way. But basically, you bought their idea. So, uh, perhaps in the pursuit of truth, the, the unknown future is a necessity. And it allows our individuation from each other. And that is the particular hallmark of our species, is that we are a population of individuals, not a population uh, that is defined genetically. These language structures are very provisional. Every culture assumes that it is building an edifice of eternal truth, but every culture has all other cultures as examples before it of parochiality, provincialism, and limited understanding. Uh, why we then should assume that our culture is any more provisional than any other is simply a matter of hubris and historical momentum. I don't think the meaning of human existence lies in culture. It lies in the individual. And to become, to access that meaning, a certain amount of deconditioning, i.e. alienation, has to take place from a culture. If you're just a cheerful representative of your culture, you're a kind of mindless bore, whether you represent Japanese culture, Indonesian culture, or whatever. We require distance between ourselves and the object of our contemplation in order to define ourselves. All right, hopefully you enjoyed those and got to hang in with what they were saying. I I absolutely love both of those clips, and I love um, basically all the points that um, both of them made. Uh, I, I guess I'll start with talking about uh, Alan and what he talks about, um, that everything in your experience, everything in your awareness, everything in your life is based on opinion and belief, and it's sort of your job as consciousness, as the free will, to question, to wonder, to be curious about what am I believing? What have I subconsciously locked into place? What am I uh, believing of my reality, of my experience of life, of the world, of opportunity, of the future, of me, um, my own worthiness, or my own whatever it is? Um, I think we through systems, through culture, through society, through education, through teachers, through um, gurus, quote-unquote spiritual masters, like all of these different figures or, you know, the government or political systems or our political leaders, all of these people are acting on these subconscious beliefs or guidelines that have been into place for who knows how long, and ever, and who put those in place? Other people who had their own motives, whether it be uh, their own economic motives, or to constrain others, or to um, 
you know, try and herd the masses like some sheep or whatever. And so the biggest thing um, that I personally experienced and questioned when I went off to college and started living on my own was um, what tools, what beliefs weren't serving me and what conception and maybe n preconceived notions that maybe weren't mine but I got from my parents or I got from those around me did I never question, did I never wor wonder about, you know. Um, because I think we're sort of trained since day one that boredom can be quite regular and that the day-to-day -day life can be quite monotonous and there's nothing particularly special about it and you are to stay in line and you are to behave and you are to you know color in between the lines but who created the lines like do you have the ability to create your own lines um, and I think the answer is is yes to that but you know you've got to sort of break out or wonder or be curious about your own lines and the walls that you have put up or maybe that were put up since your childhood or the par the walls that your parents put up you know because they're you know your grandparents put up the walls for your parents and you you know you can keep going back and back and back um, and so yeah there's only one person that can be the captain of your ship and that's you and there's only one person that you know I want to navigate my ship and that's me and I sort of had to be I had to break down um, so some of the things that were navigating my life that I didn't even know were navigating that that took a lot of my time and my attention and my focus that I didn't I didn't even you know in comparison to those around me or maybe my family I thought there was you know nothing particularly off about it I was as happy as maybe those around me and I was you know taught that life was a certain way and when you don't have any contrasting experiences of those around you or immediate family or whatever it's you know I think a lot of people don't even think about huh I've had this belief about life for a long time. How could I change this? How could I wonder about it? How could I ask questions about it? And one day at a time, one topic at a time, one subject at a time, one like lecture video at a time, I, I started to, I think, um, break through some of those uh, barriers that I had. And I, in, in the last episode, I talked about how... Um, today I, I'm a lot more comfortable with myself and confident and I, I don't give um, I don't value other people's perspective or opinion of me uh, like I used to in high school and in year in a couple of years ago um, because I think the biggest thing is we're not that we're not told is that you should live your life for you and you know your opinion of yourself and your opinion of others matters way more than the vice versa um, you know that there's I think big benefit enormous benefit in taking charge of your experience of your reality and your opinions and you know be conscious of what you're putting out because in time what goes around comes around you'll reap what you sow there there's a ton of analogies for that um, 
and so yeah, just I think both of them had had amazing points and sum up that you know the most important authority is you is the individual's authority in the fact in the idea that you know you're going to attain enlightenment or um, freedom or answers from somebody else and their experience their life experience their relation with their reality is inaccurate like through navigating your ship and your waters you're gonna get your own answers and your own conclusions and learn in your own way and build your own perspective that's personable not personable that's personal to you at least that is my experience and that is what I'm hearing from um, the both of them and I've I've listened to countless lectures and talks of them and they're both great I highly recommend uh, deep diving and maybe some of their more some of their other content and I think they have countless hours on YouTube and the internet and great things to say. Excuse me. But I, that's my little rant about all of that. Um, be the captain of your ship. Don't be a sailor for somebody else. Uh, be the lead actor in your play. Uh, you know, be the shepherd, not the sheep. And uh, all of the above. So hopefully I I helped maybe inspire you or ask some questions or be a little more curious or wonder a little bit more. Um, I think I'm going to wrap this episode there, wrap it up there. Um, again, if you want to submit any questions, topics, recommendations, feedback, anything at all, um, the podcast email is malleablemind11 at gmail.com. No spaces, no caps, malleablemind11 at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will have episode four, um, coming very soon and, um, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time. Have a beautiful day and um, don't stop being curious.